Hello there and welcome to another episode of the City Business Edition here on 97.3 City FM. My name is Michael Obudu, your host. And you know, October is the customer service month and here on the City FM, we will be bringing you some key information on what you need to know to help you improve upon your whole customer service experience at your business, whether um, you are an an owner of a business or you provide that uh, level of service for your company. And to help us digest the conversation proper is none other but a colossus in that space, and that's Professor Abel Henson. He's the Pro Vice Chancellor for the Ghana Communications Technology University with over 24 years of experience in the customer service industry. Very few people can match up to that. And trust me, he has books to his credit in that space. And a lot of the content he'll be sharing with us will be from some of the books that he's put together. And I'm sure he can tell us where and how to get them to help all of us to improve upon our whole customer service experience in our customers in our businesses so you're welcome to the show prof it's good to have you as your city it's always a particular pleasure to collaborate with you on some of these thought pieces so i'm very happy to be here thank you thank you so much for making time to to be with us we knew you were out of the country and yes please i went to the famous rwanda awesome did a stand as deputy vice chancellor mm. did a stint as acting vice chancellor and i'm now back as pro vice chancellor at uh, one of the few universities mandated by a charter to deliver information technology related courses mm. and the university is the ghana Communication Technology University. Fantastic. Yes, please. Fantastic. So now let's let's delve, delve into the conversation. Of course. Now I would want to find out from you, who would you say a customer is? Okay. So, like you alluded to it, uh, quite a bit of my discussions today would be material are drawn, not just from my 25-year marketing sales customer experience background, but also from a book I co-authored entitled Customer Service Essentials, Lessons for Africa and Beyond. So in that book, we say that a customer is a client or a buyer or groups of people who receive goods, services, and ideas from a seller for an agreed-upon consideration, usually monetary. Now, this refers to external customers, but we also have what we call internal customers, who are the the co-workers you work with in order to configure solutions for these external customers. Mm -hmm. So customers can be classified as internal employees and then external to the organization. Now customers too can be further categorized into customers who are, for instance, business to consumer. So when you walk to the newly rebranded Melcom, for instance, Mm -hmm. you'll be a, a, a consumer type. Then we have what we call business to business. So if you are going to buy an um, um, aeroplane from Boeing, mm-hmm. then that will be B2B. Then we have B2G. So if you have government constituencies as customers, 
Now, whether you're operating in B2C or B2G or B2B, there's a certain basic modicum of sales excellence that's required mm. in order to keep a profitable relationship going. Because all said, people don't want pain points. They want pleasure when they deal with you. And in every single customer interaction, you have five to ten seconds to deliver a first-time positive and lasting impression. And those five to ten seconds are referred to as moments of truth. In situations where you deliver absolute pleasure, it's called a moment of magic. When you terrorize and traumatize the customer, it's called a moment of misery. So in every moment of truth, you have two options. Either to create a moment of magic or a moment of misery. It's totally up to you. And so if we come to that realization as service providers across Africa, then we'll know that every time we meet somebody, an usher meets a new convert in church. I walk into CTFM for the first time. I go to a supermarket for a first time. I walk into a bank for a first time. I walk into enterprise life for the first time. You have only five to ten seconds to amaze me. If you miss it, it's a moment of misery. When you excel, it's a moment of magic. Five to ten seconds. That's it. Now I'm even more worried because if it's just five to ten seconds, then yeah. that a lot of businesses are actually missing it. Oh, we are, we are failing repeatedly <laughs> on a daily basis. And it's because sometimes we don't have the orientation regarding the brevity of the opportunity to amaze or traumatize the customer. But if that consciousness was rapidly developed, mm. then whether or not you are working at the Durban University of Technology or the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, you have only 5 to 10 seconds. Now, here's where it becomes even more problematic. Mm. The interpretations I'm making are referred to brick and mortar exchanges when you walk in and meet me. Mm. Can you imagine it's a request via Facebook Messenger or Twitter Messenger? And because it's not a regular email, that request sits in Facebook Messenger for two weeks because nobody even checks. Mm. And, and that's one thing that, you know, I think in part three or four of this series, we talk about social media and customer service. I'll tell you something that blows my mind. So here's what it is. When you receive an email, sometimes you respond, maybe in a timely manner, maybe not. But I found by experience that when it comes to customer interactions and the communication comes through a social media platform, mm -hmm. somehow we take an inordinately long time to respond. So it looks like the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram type platforms are only used to sort of showcase what we have. Hmm. But we forget they are all two-way communication platforms. And what that means is that whilst we are advertising what we have, there should be a team that is consistently monitoring messages that may come through those platforms as well so that we respond in a timely manner hmm. and sales opportunities don't get easily lost. That's one key failing both anecdotally mm. and are found through consulting for several companies across the continent of Africa. We don't do too well when it comes to social media platforms and the messaging platforms they come along with. So it is what it is. You know, it's quite interesting that you make reference to that point because uh, interesting on social media, for instance, if you go to the Facebook page of a business and yes. you want to send them a message, yes. traditionally Facebook will tell you on the average how long it takes for them to respond to your message. Absolutely. So if I come and I look and I see you respond on an average of 24 hours, you've already even put me on before I engage your brand. Absolutely. And, and the blessing or the curse of that is this same social media platform is where 
service lapses can be severely punished. Mm. So, for instance, if you go and cross a big music star with seven and a half million Instagram followers, you've had it. I mean, like, one, one bad comment, one bad tweet, mm. one bad Instagram post can literally lose you millions of dollars revenue. True. So, we, we, we need to have, as part of 2023 planning, mm. in terms of customer strategy, customer service strategy, a conspicuous focus on how we leverage technology and social media as well to delight our customers. It should be a clear strategy we employ. And whilst we are at it, look, I think customer service, you also stop being seen as some residual issue that we get to only when marketing strategy is set, finance strategy is set, human capital strategy is set, operations is set. Then customers say, oh, what do you guys want? I mean, you, you'll be getting that, those your questionnaires. Uh, okay. So it's not front and center. Ironically, customer experience, customer service excellence is the central reason why customers stay loyal to us. Mm. They engage in repeat purchases. They recommend us to friends and family. And that's what keeps us profitable. How that is not a conspicuous focus it still beats my mind after 25 years. Interesting. Yes. Uh, it's also interesting now that the whole social media conversation is taking center stage, but we will save that for part four. Absolutely. When the, and we hope that the listeners would uh, keep their dials locked here on uh, every Friday as we bring them conversations on this particular topic. But let me take you back a bit. You know, you did say that um, the first five to ten seconds are crucial with engaging customers. Moment of truth. Then... <laughs> I'm concerned because usually the first people that customers will engage with when they come to a premise, for instance, is the security, security men, front desk executives, so that, bank tellers. Yes. So that means that we really have to. My brother. Go back to the they are, basics. They are the least educated, mm. least motivated, least paid. They, 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 they are the ones who are most not affected by anything. Oh, sorry. So, so here's what it is. Mm. It's even worse when they are third-party providers. So they don't even work for you. There's just some company that has outsourced tellers to you, or outsourced security men. So they have no indoctrination on what your service values are. They don't understand your service charter. You haven't told them the kind of service behaviors they require in order to live your corporate values. Mm. Meanwhile, they are the first point of interface. Mm. In fact, in service management, we call them boundary spanners. Because they span the circumference of the service circle. Mm. So the boundary spanners represent the highest likelihood, the highest propensity for your service to fail. And in service management, we say a service chain is only as strong as the weakest link. Wow. So where you have the highest chance of the service chain breaking, that's where you focus the resources, you train them, you equip them, you teach them your service mantra. You do monthly refreshers for them. Because when they fail, the chief executive has failed. Mm -hmm. And ironically, they are the ones who, who sometimes are the least motivated to even go the extra mile for you. Because when they are third-party providers, it's even more problematic. Because mm -hmm. they don't even work for you. I mean, <laughs> they came from a certain security company. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we need a clear program, sir, where we, we, we take... We take uh, cognizance of all these various type of types of internal stakeholder audiences, align them with one service vision, empower them properly, and ensure that after we've made the service promises, we've equipped them adequately 
to deliver on those service promises. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So uh, I, I was going to ask that if there are types of customers, but I've already heard you mention internal and external customers. And then we also have those who are in the supply chain. Mm. So those who supply to us, vendors to us, they're also another type of customers okay. we need to carefully manage because they also make a critical input into our final service delivery. Mm -hmm. So it's internal, external, and then those who are vendors to us or working as a, a supply chain framework. Yes. Okay. So now, obviously, since there are different types of customers, yes, their please. needs will vary. Absolutely. So help us understand what are the basic ones of external customers? Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, before I get to the basic ones of uh, external customers. Let me tell you some questions you must pose to yourself. Mm. Whether you are a Makola business or you work at, uh, is it Airport City? Is there something like Airport City around here? Yeah. Yeah, with very high rent per mm. square meter. Yes. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter where you are doing. Once you are in Africa and you are on this soil, <laughs> there are some things you need to concern yourself about when it comes to issues around customer experience, customer service, service excellence. The first question is, do you have products or services that match customer needs? I'll tell you why I'm asking that. Mm. Sometimes we get into this complacency where we assume that because a product X was working two years ago, it still works today. That's not correct. Wow. So we need to keep a constant tab mm. on changing customer dynamics so that when their needs change, we alter or modify the product to suit those changing needs. The arrogance around, oh, this is what you always like. No. Look, for instance, people are eating better nowadays. They don't eat certain types of, oh, they don't eat certain levels of sugar. I can't imagine for the life of me that as a restaurant, your offering is still the same menu for the last 10 years. That's a problem. People are not eating so many carbohydrates anymore. So I would think that at least there should be some low-carb option. For those who can consume banku in big quantities, mm. and they want a salad. So, I mean, I'm just saying that yeah. you need to keep checking constantly whether your organization's products and services are still matching customer needs. Second question. Does the price of your product or service meet customer expectations of value? How this question is important, you have no idea. Let me explain why. When it comes to customer service excellence, customers focus as much on value as they do on price. What does that mean? It means that you can have a product or service with a high price, but if the value customers perceive to have received from that product is higher than the price you are charging, they are still in what we call a positive customer net situation. So when they net out the price they paid versus the value they are receiving, they are in a positive position. So even if your price is high and the value you deliver exceeds the price you charge, you are an excellent service provider. Wow. Let's take the opposite situation. Your price is low. But the value I get is even lower than the price you've charged. You are making me very unhappy. So the issue is not nominal pricing alone. The wow. issue is always what is the trade-off between price and value. You see, every morning when you wake up, you must ask yourself, the value I give, the value I give. If the value you give is low, you can charge a low price. Customers will still be mad at you. Wow. But if the price is high and the value is higher, you are exciting your customers. So, so it means that 
value comes before price. Value is supposed to be the number one preoccupation of every forward-looking president, chief executive, minister of state, bishop and church founder, mm. lead pastor. That's your main job. What value am I delivering mm. in comparison to the price I'm charging? Look, let me take a church. You know a church, typically, you wouldn't talk about price, would you? No. You talk about offering tithes. No problem. Yeah. In the church situation, the tithes and the offerings, in marketing language, that would be the price. Mm. So, for instance, if I'm giving you a healthy $10,000 a month in tithes, I expect the chair in the church to, to, to not be creaking and be wobbly. I don't want the chair to give me back problems. I, I mean, the church will have high economic quality mm -hmm. because my tithes and my offerings are decent. So even or suffer, you must keep an eye on value. Wow. Absolutely. I remember one time I walked into KICC in London several years ago. Pastor Bimbo was alive at the time. She was ministering at a women's conference. I went to a friend of mine called Rabiatu who used to work at Enterprise Life. I met her in East London and we went together. When I entered the auditorium, my goodness, I saw the carpet in the lights. Oh, I was very happy to be in the church wow. because the, 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 the stage was excellent. Mm. So you need to keep your eye on value. Mm. So pricing matters, but make sure value always exceeds price if you are going to be a customer service champion. Question number three. Does your organization offer efficient and reliable order request fulfillment which means that from when i ask for the product to when you deliver it to me how easy is it my brother you live in ghana with me sometimes the hassle you go through my goodness mm. especially when it's things around online purchases and online communication you have your money now let me buy it becomes a whole life and death issue you call, you don't hear from the person. They say they'll respond. They don't respond. They say they'll revert. You don't hear from them. Mm. And if the buying process is such a high hustle, why should I buy from you? So making the process easy, making the, 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 the service easy to consume, the product easy to buy, is part of pushing for service excellence. Wow. So from order to fulfillment, from order to final purchase, you should map my customer journey in such a way that you take away all the pain points. Wow. The customer experience people have something they call emotional journey mapping. Where you map the emotions of the customer from the beginning to the end of the customer journey. And it's very important because in the scheme of things, if the emotions are not positive ones, I will not buy from you. Mm. I told you at the beginning. Yeah. Functional selling proposition, emotional selling proposition. So the emotional side should be world class. If you are going to have happy customers. Question number four. Are the organization's employees professional? Are they professional? Are they thoroughly knowledgeable about the products or services? Are they friendly? Are they responsive to questions? My brother, I've been doing research in the financial services space for about 15 to 20 years. I have colleagues at the University of Ghana and other places. So I've been doing work in the insurance sector, in pensions, in non-bank financial institutions, in banking. My brother, one of the biggest dislocations till today, when it comes to delivering service, especially in the financial services space, is knowledge to answer customer queries till today. 
it, it will blow your mind. I mean, serious. if you like, call a bank today and tell the lady on the line you want a mortgage finance product and you've heard that they, they have some. Can she explain to you what the industry trends are and why you should buy from them? She will say, huh? What, what did you say? Mortgage what? What are you saying? Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, please, uh, let me call my branch manager. I'm not saying referring the call to somebody else who's more knowledgeable mm. is not a good idea. It's a good idea. But remember, I said you have 10 to 15 second mm. opportunities to make a first time positive and lasting impression. So being knowledgeable, mm. not only about your own portfolio, okay. but also about competitor offerings, about industry trends, is part of being a service champion. Wow. So professionalism is very important if we are going to push towards a Ghana and an Africa that is service friendly and that leverages service for organizational excellence. Last two questions. How well do you keep customers informed on product usage, product updates, and service schedules? My brother, mm. this beautiful continent of Africa, one of the biggest challenges again to superior service delivery is lack of communication, lack of feedback. Wow. You check and check and check and check. It's almost as if service providers don't understand that. It's your job to come back to me. I shouldn't be calling you seven times on a single issue. No, because I'm spending money in the process. Yeah. But somehow, you hear things like, Sir, please, we'll call you back. Sir, you call me back when? 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 Uh, Sir, please, uh, you know, the Irabna is not on seat. She's not on seat. And that's another grammar I don't understand. She's not seated, but we lie, it's not on seat. I don't even know what that means. It's not on seat. So, so we'll call you back. Call me back when? I've said this time without number. In every customer meeting, three things must happen. What to do, who to do, when to do. What to do, who to do, when to do. No meeting should ever close without a sense of what to do. What, what are we doing? What are the deliverables? What, what, what do you expect from me? What do I expect from you? So the what to do is very important. Who to do? What are the responsibilities as a consequence of that interaction? Who should do what? Am I supposed to call you back? Should I come to your house? Am I supposed to send you further information? What to do, who to do, when to do? When should I do? Every relationship should be time-bound mm -hmm. if you really want to see service excellence. So that thing is very, very important to you, and we need to find a way of sorting it out somehow. The last question is, do you provide after-sales service? Sales management 101. The magic is never in the sale. The magic is always in the after-sale. Everybody knows that. If you want to be wealthy, you need to keep customers for 22 years, 27 years. I mean, CTFM should say, we started with you 29 years ago. Mm. You are still a customer of the station. That's where the magic is. But it's only in maintaining good after-sales service and treating customers well that they keep buying from you over and over and over again. So let me deal quickly with basic things that customers want. One, a welcoming environment. They don't want to come to your premises that is very disheveled and totally disorganized. You know, in packaging, we have a saying that the buy level is the eye level. So people buy what they see. Mm -hmm. So if they come to you and your environment is not well kept, you don't have good chairs, you don't have good tables, please, we are not too happy with you. And if your employees are also not well turned out, wearing nice suit, wearing nice tie, we think that the way they look shabby, that's the way the service is. So we don't want to confuse the customers mm -hmm. have an issue. Welcoming environment, number one. Number two, 
knowledgeable staff. Shed a bit more light on the welcoming round because okay. some may just have tuned in. Listen, sure you can never achieve service excellence if you don't have a welcoming environment. And I'm speaking to... That's, that's a serious statement. Yeah. Never. It's, it, it's not possible. Because you see, small firm, big firm, middle firm, look, my head pastor always says that if all you own in the world is half a room, make sure the place is well kept because you even think better when your environment works better. Wow. And it makes sense. Mm. I mean, you are, you are better stimulated mentally if you're in a place that is well kept. So it doesn't matter the size of the operation. Mm. Your preoccupation should be that the fiscal surroundings are correct, the employees look correct, they comport themselves well, and every time customers come, they feel acknowledged, they feel welcomed, they feel respected, they feel important. It's mm. part of a welcoming environment. Frontline employees, those boundary spanners I just spoke to, mm. they are always encouraged to smile, say hello. And this sets a tone for a certain convivial or good atmosphere. Mm. When you're on the helpline call center and I can't see you, you must radiate a certain contagious attitude of happiness, buoyancy. Look, if, if you are going to be a service champion, you must separate your personal problems <laughs> from the working. You can't carry your problems from home. Maybe <laughs> to, when the trotter meets annoys you. You have to just keep it all in mm. and believe God that you still give stupendous service because you, 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 you need to understand that when it's game time, you put on your game face. Mm. You, you, you can't afford to allow external stimuli to interfere with the quality of service you deliver day to day to day to day. Number two is knowledgeable staff. Prof, I'm still intrigued by this your point one. About the welcoming environment. Because I was thinking the first thing customers will want is the product or the service. You'll be amazed. People can walk away from your service entity mm. if the environment gives them a negative impression of you and never buy from you again. Wow. You'll because in their mind they're thinking, mm. if this is how bad your kitchen looks, why should I buy the watch from you? I'm so gone. I'm gone. I'm mm. gone. Mm. Oh, yes, because wow. the welcoming environment is part of the projection of what you represent. So if the environment is problematic, why should I do business with you? No, I won't. I won't. So, so in essence, you're saying that the experience we give customers should even be prioritized over the products or the service we're giving them? From the first point of contact, the customer should feel comfortable wanting to work with you. And by the way, you can extend this welcoming environment also to online formats. Mm. So your website should be, able, we should be able to navigate it easily. I shouldn't be searching it like a needle the haystack trying to find where do I order. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave because I don't have time to spend seven minutes looking for where do I order. I'll be gone. Mm. So the welcoming environment relates not just to brick and mortar formats, mm. but even to online environments. They should also feel welcomed mm. and want to do business with you over and over and over again. And the people who are also elements or actors in that space should also be switched on and be able to make people feel welcomed so that they create a good initial interaction mm. so we can consume it with the purchase of the customer. Very, very important. Interesting. Yes. So point number one, basic things customers want is a welcome. welcoming environment. Number two, knowledgeable staff. There's nothing more frustrating to a customer than dealing with an ill-trained service employee who lacks the knowledge or the initiative to solve problems they have. It totally takes them off. No, no, it's not a good thing. Mm. You see, because customers want knowledgeable and professional 
service reps with an efficient system at their disposal to resolve their issues. I was working with all my clients this morning and somebody was asking about processing. You know what? We, we understand all the things you're saying, but sometimes the systems go down. So the system, what do we do? Mm. And I said, well, here are some recommendations I'll make. I said, number one, typically when we discuss networking, we discuss it in relation to external people. Okay. If you want to meet your sales targets at CTFM, go and play golf, go to this church, hang out here, go for funerals. That's where the big people are. Mm. They are the decision makers who give you business. It, it's, it's an excellent formula. Okay. But if you want to deal with uh, system challenges and the rest, your networking capacity must extend to internal customers as well. Mm. Because when I was in advertising, I used to have a very good friend called Frank, Frank Amu, brilliant graphic designer. Sometimes the pressure on Frank is so high. I have to go and sit there and chat with him and say, Frank, tell you what's up? You good? You good? All right, cool. Mm. Tell Frank, I beg. And uh, that's my thing I bring. You know, I know say a day or there. So what's up? When, when, when will you be ready? Oh, Charlie Bob. Charlie, okay, you know something. Tonight, I go buy you check, check from Adabraka. You know, the Glens area there. Mm. So make we stay. We can still till 10, 11 p.m. to get that graphic, mm. that, that, that advert. Because the client is waiting. Mm. So sometimes you have to go in what's and use internal relationships to sort out the technology challenge or the oh. operational challenge. And I say also that those who sit in middle-level and system management roles mm. must also work to ensure that they take away some of these system issues mm. so that those who are lower don't have to face irate customers all the time who are blasting them because they can't get the service they need. So knowledgeable staff totally matters. And please, if you are well-trained employees with good good back-end processing systems and you have a comprehensive customer service strategy my brother you do very very well because not only would they excel but because they are so knowledgeable they will actually discover new opportunities as they interact with these various customer audiences so more than just selling one type of product just by gentle probing and a superb handling of the customers mm -hmm. they can discover ways by which further products can be sold and it's so important we focus on this if we are going to reach customer service utopia. So number one, welcome your environment. Number two, knowledgeable staff. Number three, prompt communication. Mm. Prompt communication. Before you even go into it, I'm quite surprised that this whole customer service conversation now transcends beyond just customer service to a function of operations to human resource. Oh, very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you see, it's front and center. Mm. And... What that means is that from board chair to shop floor member, we must all be aligned with one common service vision. Mm. That's the only way it's going to work. Because human capital has a role. If they don't employ the right people, service excellence will just be uh, something we wish for. Mm. If finance doesn't provide the resources to acquire the requisite building blocks of a good, good customer experience system, it won't happen. If uh, marketing, for instance, and those in brand communications are going out to make service promises that we can't meet, mm -hmm. they're also compromising the service system. Wow. So actually, service excellence, customer experience is the fulcrum. It is the center. It is the pivot of all organizational excellence. So everything sort of piggybacks off what you want to do, whether it's product management, HR management, technology management. So indeed, indeed, anywhere you see true service excellence, it's very possible the CEO themselves, they are customer service champions. Wow. The way I've seen really, mm. really uh, pronounced service excellence. 
the CEO and the senior management team, they already converted. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 133 or, the, or somewhere there that when the oil is flowing, it flows from the top of the priest's head through the beard onto the garments. So the top must be correct. Then when the oil is coming, it's correct oil. Otherwise, you can get into trouble. So it's very, very important that we have knowledgeable staff. <laughs> Prof just had to bring the scripture in there. We know he's a pastor, too, so just so you know. <laughs> Interesting. So, Prof, uh, basic things customers need to know. You've told us, number one, a welcoming environment, yes. knowledgeable staff, yes. prompt communication, number three. Prompt communication. Now, what it is is that communication is very key to achieving exceptional customer care. It's, it's not a negotiable matter. And prompt communication refers to both internal and external customer audiences because sometimes the internal blockages is actually the reason why we have customer service friction because you have a request. You send it to some department. They are not coming back. But you give the customer two hours to revert. It's been 10 hours. They are not coming back. Hmm. So prompt communication works internally and externally. And with external customers, what prompt communication does is that it makes it possible to build strong relationships with them because you understand their needs they trust you you under, you you build mutually beneficial relationships and you have a very solid foundation for future business dealings people always want to know what to do who to do when to do prompt communication is actually one of the key lifelines to superior service delivery Number four is after-sales service. I think I've alluded to that already, that the magic is never in the sale. It's always in the after-sale. Mm. Then the next one is proactive problem-solving, not reactive, proactive problem-solving. Because addressing customer complaints and problems expeditiously is critical for delivering superior customer experiences. Prompt, prompt, prompt. Mm. And service failures are bound to occur one time or the other. But when we put mechanisms in place to solve or prevent future occurrence of such failures, it gives the understanding to the customer that we are customer-oriented and we are interested in addressing their issues. So when these proactive problem-solving mechanisms are in place, service businesses are happy with that. Customer dissatisfaction goes down. And eventually, we learn to delight our customers. So those are some of the things that external customers want. Yes. Interesting. If you just tuned in, this is the City Business Edition here on 97.3 City FM. And it's been fantastic conversations with the Pro Vice Chancellor for Ghana Communications Technology University, none other than Professor Epo Henson, the go-to person when it comes to anything customer service because he knows his stuff. Prof, we are out of time, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but tell us about the book, the title again, and where can people get it? So the book is called Customer Service Essentials. Lessons for Africa and Beyond. It's published by Information Aid Publishing in the U.S. So you can go online and get a copy for, I think, 19 or $20. Oh, and trust me, it will totally change your, 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 your life. The name again, Prof. Customer Service Essentials, Lessons for Africa and Beyond. Wow. Yes, Fantastic. sir. Yes, so sir. if you want a copy of Prof's book, please do. Also. I'm sure you should find it on Amazon. And yes, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, check, check it and get a copy. Well, but we are out of time, unfortunately. This, I've really enjoyed every bit of this. I'm surprised that this just ran past. It's my pleasure, a, sir. A, a flash. But it's then pleasure, a quick recap of basic things customers want. Welcoming environment, knowledgeable staff, prompt communication, after-sales service, and 
proactive problem solving. If you just tuned in, I hope you were able to take note of these things, these pointers. Next week, we'll come back and bring you more information on this. Please have your notebooks and your pens on standby because there's so much. This is literally an information overload because Prof has so much information on the customer service industry that I believe are very critical and everybody that runs a business or works in a business should um, have. So that'll be all for today's edition of the City Business Edition here on 97.3 CTFM. My name is Michael Obudu. Let's connect on Twitter at M Obudu. Catch you same time next week. Please don't miss out. Stay safe, stay informed, and bye-bye. For you and no one for me But I have to say please